Hey friends, welcome into the Deeply Funny Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Yaney. Today's conversation will be meeting with my friend Molly McLeod. Molly is a designer and artist who helps entrepreneurs level up their websites and brands. She's also the author of the Daily Project deck, Build an Easy, Fun, and Creative Habit, out now from Chronicle Books. Molly and I have a conversation about building a creative practice. She is a creativity coach, a like-minded spirit, and someone just full of good advice of how to make a creative practice, whether or not that's your day job. (laughs) Um, I think you guys are going to love the conversation today. I'm so excited for you to hear from Molly. And I have some exciting news. Stay tuned at the end because we're going to be doing a raffle from this week's episode. So if you want to have a chance to win a custom art print from Molly, stay tuned for details. Hello, Molly. Hello. It's great to be here with you. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the Deeply Funny Podcast today. I am so excited to interview you slash have a conversation uh, because you are a creativity coach as well as an artist, creator, and generally just a great person. So (laughs) Um, do you want to uh, quickly introduce yourself so our listeners have a little bit of a better idea of who we're talking to today? Sure. Um, So I'm Molly. My pronouns are she, her. Um, And as you said, I'm a creativity coach and a working artist, designer, and a player in many different creative mediums. And I love working with um, other people who are both creative professionals who are working towards their goals and people who may not consider themselves artists but are really wanting to engage with their creativity. I love that so much. I'm like, let's just get to the meat. You guys want to do that first? (laughs) Why are we starting with the salad and potatoes when there's so much steak on the plate? (laughs) Or, you know, whatever, quinoa for people who are (laughs) super bored. So, I mean, let's start there because to be honest, uh, that's the core value for me as well. It's like, everyone's creative. Everyone is creative. And the more that I go the more that I just realized like it's such BS when people are like, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body. Like you, you might not just be in touch with it, but I think everyone in some way, in some form, like we are all deeply creative in our nature. Um, so yeah. Do you want to just riff on that? Like, what have you got for me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it's a great kind of lead into the metaphor that I always use, which is I think of creativity as a muscle and, you know, nobody is born with the ability to like bench press 200 pounds, you know, it's like, but we all have that potential. Um, And creativity isn't necessarily about any skill that you do or don't have. It's, you know, some people start younger and practice a lot and get really good. The best way to build any muscle is just by practicing and exercising regularly. Um, And, you know, if you're going to the gym for the very first time, you're not going to start with hundred pound deadlift, you know, you might start with a little like five pound hand weight or a little two pound hand weight. And so I think that, you know, the people who you might admire or see as really successful artists, um, just go practice a lot. Like I, I run a program called creativity gym where we exercise our creative Mm -hmm. muscles. Um, but that's how I like to think of engaging with creativity. It's like, we all have the ability to to use our bodies and use our minds in that way and use our hearts in that way. Um, For some people, it's just, 
you know, it might be a little bit more uncomfortable to get started, but I think it's something that we all have potential for. Man, that's so good. My brain is running in 300 different directions right now. <laughs> I'm thinking about, I'll share my first weird metaphor with you first. Great. Um, you can just live react to the weird stuff going on inside of my brain. That's, Great. you know, that's why you make a podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. You know how stem cells, like stem cells really have the ability to become like whatever they want. Like they mm-hmm. exist in your body. It can turn into a liver cell, a skin cell, like they can do all these different things and they're kind of a mystery. I mean, they've obviously done research, but they're kind of a mystery in terms of like, how can this stuff like know and get directed by your body, your brain, whatever intelligence to become whatever it is that's like most needed for it to become. And I just think about the way you're talking about this. It's like, we're all like these little stem cells, right? Like we're born into this world and like certain conditions or inclinations or need or whatever, like they urge us to kind of become whatever we're needed or most want to become. Mm. And yeah, my friend Max, he always shared something about, he didn't feel comfortable going to the gym, like going on your metaphor. Mm -hmm. He's like, I went in the gym and I didn't feel comfortable because like everyone in the gym had like these like rock hard bodies and I felt like a blobby potato. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, as I can relate to the blobby potato feeling myself. Um, But he was like, you know, what I realized when I started going more regularly is like the people in the gym, it wasn't like self-selection. Like if you have a rock hard body, you go to the gym. It was like, these people have chosen to work on themselves. Like the reason that they all have rock hard bodies is because they're here. They're who kept showing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's fair. Uh, some people, oh. well, I was just going to acknowledge, like some people definitely may have a step up, right? Like if you're listening and you're like, yeah, yeah but like, come on, I've seen some people's natural ability, like a hundred percent, right? We can all recognize that. Mm-hmm. But my guess is if you're someone who's listening to this podcast, it's because you have some urge in you that says, I am deeply creative, regardless mm-hmm. of what you're currently practicing or currently doing. Like there's a reason that you're here, right? Yeah. So, okay. Now that I've acknowledged that, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think that's so true. And I think that like, um, I mean, one of the amazing and sometimes challenging things about art is that it's so subjective. And, you know, we're always like our own worst critic. And I think, you know, one of my um, long-term kind of favorite art forms is hand lettering. I've always loved doing Mm. hand lettering. And when I was a little bit younger, I used to think that to become good at hand lettering or to be, to do it professionally in any sense, I had to do it like certain people that I saw who, you know, your listeners may or may not know, but Um, Jessica Hish is, um, she's only a year or two older than me. So she's kind of a contemporary and I've followed her since her early career. And the type of lettering she does is so intricate and precise and perfect. And it's beautiful. It's stunning, but it has this incredible precision that I used to aspire to. And I used to try to do things like that. And my work just didn't look like hers. And I got frustrated and tried to do it in this really precise way and kind of copying her style and a lot of other artists who I saw who did things like that. But then I started discovering more artists uh, like Lisa Congdon and Adam JK and all of these other artists who their lettering style was just their handwriting. And it was kind of quirky. Mm -hmm. It was kind of messy. It wasn't, 
it wasn't perfect. It wasn't those perfectly clean, precise lines. It was just kind of their own funky handwriting style. I was like, oh, I can do that. I have kind of a, you know, a lot of the, my work that you'll see on my Instagram and the lettering that I do, it's my handwriting and it's a little quirky and it's a little funky. And I was like, oh, I love this. You know, it's, you know, whether or not you want to to share your work or do your art professionally, which you definitely don't have to just to have a creative practice, but like, it's so powerful to find your own style and find what you're comfortable with. And maybe you do want to do really clean and perfect things, or maybe you want to do really messy, weird, quirky things, but like finding what speaks to you and what brings you joy and what you enjoy doing, like that's where the magic is. (laughs) First of all, I'm blown away. Like I'm literally, it's like jaw dropping. My jaw actually like slacked when you were speaking, <laughs> which in an audio medium, I just want the listeners to know my jaw is dropped. Uh, I had no idea that that was your handwriting. I've seen your work obviously. Um, and like the deck that you made, like is all of that, that's all of your style or your handwriting. Um, I mean, mostly like, you know, in, in the deck that I did, there's only, I, I, um, I didn't get to do the like graphic design of my deck, which is kind of another story, but um, (laughs) I'm showing you some things here that your podcast listeners won't be able to see, but there's like, I really wanted to, yeah, I really wanted to get my hand lettering in there. So it's like on the, on the back of the cards, like the titles is, is there's like a little bit of my lettering in there. Um, just like a little bit, but like, yeah. And you know, it's, it's not just like, you know, my natural handwriting in my diary is a little bit messy so it's not just my handwriting but it's like yeah like this is how I write capital letters you know like it's yeah it's, it is slightly stylized but it's like this is really fast and easy for me I'm not like doing like really precise work yeah. here you know that's so cool okay so okay that was my jaw drop number one <laughs> jaw drop number two um yeah I mean God, I could talk about this for days, but like, first of all, right. We imitate when we start creating art because we don't know, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Even handwriting. I'm laughing as you're showing these stuff. And all I can think about is my uncle who he passed away, God, 10, 15 years ago. It's been a long time now. Um, my uncle Alan, he had this like amazing handwriting. It was so cool. I've never seen anyone write like that. And I, have adopted part of his handwriting. I write certain letters and numbers the way that he did. And every time that I like make a little shape, you know, it's like, oh, Uncle Alan, like here's part of your legacy. You know, it was so cool. Um, But then, yeah, like eventually we find our own, right? Like if I completely adopted his handwriting style and use that exclusively, it might mean I'm a psychopath. I think they study people like that. Um, Just kidding. But yeah, I. I love the idea that like we start somewhere and then we kind of adapt along the way. And maybe that's, you know, the segue into like creative confidence. It's like, how do you get out of your own way and start creating? And what does that even mean to you? So I'm guessing as a creativity coach, you probably have these conversations a lot with people. Um, So if you don't mind giving us some laser coaching right now, (laughs) like what are the top things you hear? Like what are the yeah. Like what, where do you start? Where do we begin? If that's you right now? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, going back to the 
the um, creative muscle metaphor and showing up at the creativity gym, I think, you know, the best way to build that creative muscle uh, is to, to build a habit and to do it regularly. And so I'm a huge advocate for doing daily creative projects. Um, I wrote a book slash deck called The Daily Project Deck. That's all about building an easy and fun creative habit. Um, and I think some of the reasons why I always recommend this to people, I do a lot of workshops and I you know, create a lot of offers around this is for a number of reasons, which I'll just give like a little, some short, try to give a short summary of. <laughs> um, but I think that, um, you know, doing daily creative projects is not just good for your creative practice. It's also good for your life. Um, I think that uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. And mm -hmm. so showing up to make something every day um, regardless of whether you feel like it, regardless of whatever your excuses are, um, it's an opportunity to show up and really notice what your patterns are in your life. And if you're procrastinating this one thing, or if you have this one excuse about not doing your daily art, maybe that's showing up in other areas of your life. So it's a good Oof. way to- That hurts. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I feel that. I've, I have been there. I, I have felt the discomfort and noticed some uncomfortable things in doing this over the years. Um, but it's a great way to just kind of build some life skills. And I think similarly to that, there's a quote from uh, Adrian Marie Brown's Emergent Strategy book, which I love, which is uh, what you pay attention to grows. And so it's a way to intentionally direct your attention to something that's important to you, whether that's just your creativity in general or the content or the subject of what you're making art about. Uh, you know, I once, I once did a really, really vulnerable daily art project around love and relationships. And so every day I was posting about my dating life and my past relationships and my future relationships that I wanted. And it was scary and vulnerable, but it was something that I really wanted to be directing a lot of attention to in my life. Um, um, and there, you know, are half a dozen other reasons I have why it can be really valuable to, to do um, daily creative work, but I will pause there because <laughs> I know that's a lot already. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless, which rarely happens in life, but I'm noticing happens a lot recording this podcast. Um, because I mean, it's just so good. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I can share. I mean, this is a vulnerable share for sure. But where I've been at the past couple of days and and months really is like, I'm recognizing just so much in my life where like there's this really wonderful, beautiful, blossoming kindness towards myself, like a fondness, like oh, I like me, oh that's nice. <laughs> and like the same part of me that I think creatively has always held me back is like, I go to speak, I go to inject my voice in a room and there's that immediate like laceration feeling, you know, it's like literally viscerally like pulling me back. 
And it's like, who the hell are you to speak? Who are you to put out your voice? Who are you to make that art? Like, and it, it burns, it stings. Like it literally cuts your flesh. And like, the more that I release that and can lay it down and can get into that state of like joy and play and like pure blissful creativity, like a child, you know, like you ever sat with children when they're coloring it is like absolute god incarnate like yeah they're like sitting there with a crayon and they're just like I made this and you're like oh that's cute what is it is it a spaceship and they're like it's a lizard and I'm like oh for sure and they're like yeah duh okay and I'm like well tell me about your lizard and you know like they're just so proud it's so joyous it's so pure and I've really just been like trying to like copy that you know if I'm going to imitate anyone's style like let it be that little girl who's like four or five six (laughs) and get back into touch with that right and the more that I'm like there's like that trope you know it's like kind of negative but like as an artist you're supposed to loathe your work or like you know like oh god oh this is the hand lettering it's not perfect it's not perfection oh I wrote this book it's trash you know I'm like I just I don't receive that like I have worked so hard to put myself out here in front of you that I treat it like a child. It's like, look at my beautiful little flower that I made out of clay for you. Look at my Play-Doh creation. And if the world doesn't like it, it's like, whatever, man, like it's not, maybe it's not for you, but the more that I can tap into like that pure innocent bliss and create from that, I don't know. It's like, I'm not looking for validation. I'm not looking for anything other than like the pure joy of doing the craft. And it doesn't really matter how good it is. Right. It's more about like what's blooming and what's coming from that fondness and kindness towards myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's so hard as an adult to get to that place because you're right. Kids, kids are so just so pure and have you know, they don't judge their work. They're not rating their work. They, ju- they just do it because they like it. And yeah, the world hasn't crushed them yet. <laughs> yeah. And like, as you grow up, especially, you know, in, in the kind of generation that we grew up in with the, you know, predominance of social media, it can, yeah. it can, you know, you, you have, you know, you judge and put pressure on yourself and then putting your work out there to, you know, wait for the judgment of everybody else. Like it's tough and it's hard to break out of that. You know, it's something that I have struggled with a lot as somebody who is always has put my work out there for many, many years. And like, I, I find that often like the work that I am most proud of that I spend a lot of time on and think is really meaningful and really powerful, you know, will get like four likes. And then something kind of random that I'm like, oh, I just did this in a few minutes. I don't really care. It doesn't matter that much to me. That will get a hundred likes. And it's like, it's so unpredictable what will happen. And it's so challenging to detach yourself from that. So I feel like, you know, sometimes what I do when, you know, somebody is, is struggling with that relationship to social media is to, you know, really encourage people to just not share your work at all. Or like if you're doing a, uh, a daily project um, is to have an accountability buddy or like have somebody who ideally is, you know, let's say, okay, we're both going to do this thing for, or we're both going to do a thing for 30 days and we'll text each other each day when we've done it. 
and we may or may not actually share what we've done, but you have that that buddy with you to be like, okay, I did what I said I'm gonna what I'm gonna do, or I didn't do it today, but I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Um, or sometimes like I find that I'll I'll do a little painting or something and I'll text a picture of it to some to my mom or to somebody I think who will like it, but not. Thank you for naming what I've been thinking in my head. I'm like, like, it's my mom. She's getting the text message. My mom is all is gonna always love what I do. She's always gonna be my number one fan, no matter what. And so, like, if validation is what I need, I'm gonna send it to my mom. But yes, I'm like, mom, here's a picture of a chicken nugget. I made it, and she's like, why are you texting me? I'm so proud of you, baby. I'm like, thank you. I'm turning 36 this month. Me too. I'm going to sign it, you know, like drawing of chicken nugget, Kristen, aged 36, <laughs> put it on the refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And like, yeah, I mean, not everyone has that relationship with their parents, but right. it's like, ideally we have one person in our life. And and even if it's something you've built for yourself, like, I mean, yeah. Molly, you and I met in coaching groups, like we have these amazing tools of the internet that like you don't have community like you actually can go out and find it for yourself you can build it for yourself yeah and you know and I mean right back at I think I'm talking to you and I as well as probably a lot of people who are listening it's like that's also the reason that we need to hold that space like wherever you are in your process like if you've done the work to get it a little further down the map of like you are here then that means that there's like 10 20 hundreds of others back behind you who need help getting where you are. Right. So it's like, I I've been having this desire to hold a writing group. And every time I go to write the agenda and put out the offer, I panic. I'm like, I don't, I'm going to ask people to pay me $150 for like four to six weeks of my time. And it's like, dude, it's worth so much more than that. Honestly, like it's going to take me hours of work and prep and I'm going to be right. You know, it's going to be all these things, but you know, you, we hold ourselves back even from that offering. And it's like, I know that there are people who are struggling to like doodle the thing on their notebook once a day or whatever. Like, I don't have to be Picasso before I'm like, oh, I could like call myself an artist. <laughs> we always go back to that. Like, what is success? Like, what does it even mean? When do we get to call ourselves or identify as the thing we want to be in the world? And the answer is usually like, you can start now, like start from where you're at. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the definition that um, my coaching program that I did my coach training in uses for success, which when I first heard it totally blew my mind and I was like, that can't be right. But the definition they use is success is doing what you said you would do with clarity, focus, ease, and grace. Mm. That's all it is. It's not, you know, meeting any, you know, KPIs or any milestones or any, you know, numeric versions of success, any, you know, financial, like, like you can set goals for yourself, of course, but success is really just uh, doing what you said you would do. And once you're able to have the kind of life skills and the success skills to consistently do what you intend to do, what you say you're going to do. That's all success is. I want to run that back for a second. I'm literally writing it down, but success is doing the thing you said you would do with clarity, 
ease and grace. There was another word and I missed it. Focus. Of course. The one that I forgot. (laughs) Success is doing the thing you said you would do with clarity, ease, focus, and grace. Yeah. Well, (laughs) man, that's awesome. So what, okay. You have this banner hanging on the wall behind you. (laughs) I can see it. And it says, do the thing. And I'm obsessed with this. You and I have been messaging about this banner. It's like how I ended up inviting you to be on this podcast. Yeah. Because one of my visions for this podcast has always been doing a mini segment called Do the Thing. And when I saw it on the wall behind you, I was like, we've got to talk about that. (laughs) So first of all, you can totally talk about your banner project and like, where did this idea even come from? I think they're so cool Um, for any, we'll plug it at the end of the show for sure, but you guys should all definitely get on and check out Molly's art. Her banners are amazing, um, pretty affordable for a custom piece of art. So big plug for that. Um, but I think we're going to raffle off one of these do the thing banners um, on the show. So you might have a chance to win one of Molly's awesome banners. Um, but yeah, I mean, talk to me about that. And like, where did this project come from? And the do the thing specifically, like, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I started doing, um, I started painting banners like acrylic on canvas fabric in maybe 2016, I think. And I did it, it was one of those things that I did kind of, I really did just for me and just for fun. I've always liked, you know, the aesthetic of tenants and banners and kind of things like that in people's houses. And the original banners that I made that were acrylic on canvas were very time consuming, maybe a little bit because I didn't know what I was doing or like I wasn't doing it in a way that maybe would have been more useful. I don't know. But like they took me many, many, many hours. And so I made them for myself. I think I I gave a few to friends and family, but I was like, I love these so much and people really love them. But like they're so incredibly time consuming to make that like, I just couldn't sell them at a price point that would be reasonable. Like it'd be like I don't hours know, of your time. Yeah, yeah. Like 500 or a thousand dollars just for my time or something. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that doesn't feel, I mean, I, I don't feel like I have enough rich people in my network maybe for that kind of thing. So I would like, not be raffling one off at a thousand dollars. No, but I mean, so I was like, I was always like, man, like maybe I couldn't figure out a way to make prints of these that are more affordable or something and on the other hand I have been doing watercolor paintings for a long time and I occasionally do watercolor commissions and I sometimes sell my original paintings and I've always wanted to do that more um but it's not something I've ever really created an offer around just like yeah I do I post all my paintings on Instagram you can buy them if you want to um but just a few months ago, I had uh, right after uh, Camp Yes for Women, which is where we met, um, I kind of had this revelation that like, I don't know, like I, I had this idea that banners that you hang have to be on fabric or on canvas because that is what they are. And I was like, no, like I could put watercolor paper into the shape of a banner and make watercolor banner because I'm like, the the paintings that I do the ban- the watercolor banners that I sell you know don't take me very long like I can do watercolor lettering like pretty fast and it's like 
it's really beautiful and it's such a it's something that I just love doing it's easy for me and I just thought that this would be a really exciting offer um and so I've been having a lot of fun with these I have a lot of different designs I mean the first couple of designs I did were based on the original canvas banners I did like do the thing um and I think I first came up with that one because I I used to be a just such a chronic procrastinator and guilty as charged over here (laughs) yeah it's still something it it feels like what I still procrastinate like most humans do like something that's never completely going to go away like I feel like it's less of a problem for me now than it used to be it's just like oh sometimes I put things off but it was just like uh I wanted just like a really fun kind of vibrant encouragement to be like just do it just do the do the thing do the thing that's like weighing on your mind that's getting in the way of doing all the other things because it's like weighing on you like just do just do it that's like yeah I I call it God but you know language whatever universe source higher self intuition whatever we want to call that I thought that like I was sponsored by Nike for like years. Like I would just be like walking down the street and just like, just do it, just do it, just do it. And I'm like, literally is God sponsored by Nike? What, who is talking to me? Like, (laughs) I can't do this anymore. But you know, it's like eventually something deep inside of you is saying like, jump, jump, jump. You've got to do this. And like, you know, whether that is like, yeah, like you're saying a small thing, like just fold the laundry, Kristen, your day will be easier. If you just fold the laundry, it's all downhill from here. Like that but also in terms of like this whole creative self-expression and voice it's like not doing the thing eventually like it feels like it's gonna kill you and like there's a point in your soul there's a quote I think it's Anais Nen it's like and one day the energy it took to remain tightly in a bud was greater than the energy it took to bloom and like holy shit y'all like I carried that little quote on a wallet in my purse for what felt like eons. I think it was like years. (laughs) And it's true. It's just like one day, like something came out of me and it's like that activation energy, that catalyst, like I just couldn't stay in the bud anymore. I had to do it. And suppressing that part of yourself, like when you feel it coming up like that, it, it can end you. I mean, some people literally don't make it across that threshold or it's like your soul dies, like a part of you just checks out completely and illness and disease and cancer, like all that stuff can come up because like on a soul level, like we are trying to become, and if you ignore it or don't answer that call, in my experience, it just got louder and louder and louder until I was like, all right, I got to go get the door. Or I think the whole house is going to blow up. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if you can relate to that, but for me, it felt like my house was going to blow up. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I think doing the thing it is both like that, whatever, like the big grander of like, okay, I'm going to answer the calling of my life. And it's a daily practice. It's a routine. Yeah. It is a habit. It's like, and it's integrity with ourself. Like, am I someone that's why I loved your definition so much of success. Like, am I someone who's going to show up? Am I someone who has integrity with my word? Am I going to do what I say I will? Because if I can believe that, then I can do anything. Yeah. If I believe that, then I can do whatever I put my mind to. And if I can just get a little daily to-do list or habit and say, before I go to bed, 
I will fold the laundry and I will draw one doodle in my notebook. That's it. Yeah. It's like, no matter what else distracts me or takes my time, attention, focus, like if I obsess about keeping integrity with my word, then I will come back and sit down. Even if it's at 1159 before the clock hits midnight, I will sit down and I will write the one thing in my notebook. I will fold the laundry. I will do whatever I said I was going to do. Um, and that's, I think for me, been the b- single biggest change. Not that you asked. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's been the single biggest change in my focus in my life is like, I do the things that I say I will. And if I can build this like radical integrity and this radical belief in myself, then like really the word, the world is kind of my oyster and everything else eventually will fall in line. Mm -hmm. It's not easy getting there, Mm -hmm. but like, I know I'll do stand up comedy. I know I'll write a book. I know in my gut no matter how much I protest and procrastinate and lay down and throw a tantrum on the sidewalk, like there's a deeper part of me that is going to lead and say, come on, like we, we got to go, we got to do this because we said we would. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, obviously a soapbox for me. But <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I think, you know, for me, and I think probably for a lot of people, I think most often the hardest part is just starting or like sitting down with that blank page or that blank canvas or you know whatever your canvas may be and just starting which is why again I love daily projects and daily practices and habits because it gets you to confront that point and for you know for most of the daily projects I've done at least for the first number of years I was doing them I almost never felt like it, like I didn't want to. And I, a lot of the time I did do them pretty late at night, like 10 PM or something right before I went to bed, I was like, oh shoot, I haven't done my painting yet. And like, I love painting generally. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm too tired. I don't feel like it. I want to watch Netflix instead. (laughs) And like, I had the whole laundry list of excuses And then I'd be like, but, you know, I was like, I'm doing this daily project for seven days or 30 days or a hundred days or whatever it was. I'm like, I don't want to miss a day. And so the hardest part was just sitting down at my desk and starting. And then sometimes uh, I would just spend five minutes on a quick, you know, that's the other, my biggest (laughs) advice, if you take anything away about doing a daily project or habit is come up with a framework or structure or prompt that you can do in five minutes or less or 10 minutes or less if you're feeling ambitious, but to have something that you can do in five minutes or less. So on those days where you don't feel like it, you're busy, you're struggling, you can still do it and have done it. Um, But like, in all honesty, most of the time when I sat down and I was all grumpy, like, I don't want to, I'm just going to do something real quick and then I can go watch my show. I would find myself getting into the flow state, which is just the best feeling and be like, I would plan to spend five minutes on it. And then I would spend 30 minutes on it because I would be like, oh yeah, this is what I love. This is my brain relaxing and expressing myself and doing something interesting. And so, you know, I knew intellectually that like, despite all my excuses that like, once I sat down to do it, I would really enjoy it. And I did, and I felt accomplished, but like, 
you know, you have to, you know, look for those things that are going to get you past those stopping points because even the bet, you know, even the people, all the artists I know who are really successful and really have a huge following, like, you know, spoiler alert, they all face these same challenges. Like I hear it, like, I know (laughs) it's always like, what? Like no one gets out of this thing alive. Like what? we all deal with it. Yeah. And so you just have to, you know, learn to, you know, in, in my coaching model, we call it monkey mind, or you might call it your lizard brain or your inner critic or whatever. And you just have to learn to like cohabitate with it and befriend it and be like, yeah, like as long as you live, it's never going to go away. You just have to yeah like learn to I think first of all notice it and notice that inner dialogue that's happening and then acknowledge it and be like I hear you you know sweet inner child sweet little monkey mind that's trying to like protect me from danger and like you know not leave the cave and get eaten by a tiger like you know it's like those, those parts of our brains are like wired to keep us safe and keep us out of danger that's just how our brains work. We haven't not yet evolved past that and we may never, but like if you learn to notice it and acknowledge it and learn whatever kind of coping strategies you need to, you know, move around it or go through it, like that's when you're going to start getting the good stuff. Totally. God, it's so awesome and disheartening that like the advice is always the same, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. So it's not magically going to go away. Yeah. I always laugh. Like when you were talking, I was reflecting on like, man, wouldn't it be great if like that part of me that is like the inner like rebel and bully and obstinate, you know, who's like, no, I'm going to watch Netflix, sit on the couch. Blah, blah, blah. Like, what if I could harness that for good? You know, like what if I was so obstinate, like no, the world wants something from me, but I'm going to spend 30 minutes on my art. Like, (laughs) what if that rebel was working for me and not against me? Like, holy shit, what could that be like? Um, And I think there is both like kind of a craft to that of like, you can like get to a space of like protecting yourself and your time and your art. But also like, you know, my wiser self is like, it just doesn't work like that. Right. Cause she is, you're right. It's like, she is fear motivated. She is going to bury me under the couch and blankets and salty snacks and keep me warm and content. She's never going to be love motivated, which is like, nah, I'm not really so worried about all that. Like, let's just do the thing. Let's just make it. It'll be fun. Who cares? You know, it's like, she's never going to work like that because her and I have different motivations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I once did uh, in the, in the kind of depths of the pandemic, when I hadn't made any art in a long time, I, to like get myself into it, I actually did a daily product once that was, um, all my excuses for not making art. <laughs> like, <and> so, <laughs> Stop. It was, it was so great. Like, Stop. that's so, a great, that's a book right there. You can have like a yeah. children's style book. Yeah. So like you know I do in in my kind of like colorful watercolor hand lettering style like every day I did a different excuse like I can't think of anything to paint and so I would write I can't think of anything to paint in my oh, painting or like I'd rather be watching Netflix right now or like 
I don't feel like it. <laughs> or like, are I you going to publish that for us? Because like, I feel like I need a copy of that laying on my desk at all times. Yeah. I, well, I'll send you a link to that project, but, um, Please but yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh my God. I'm like, literally I, I could be in tears over that. I can't think of anything to paint today and you painted it anyway. Like, yeah. My inner three-year-old is just screaming right now. Like, that's so rock, like rock on. Yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of the, you know, in my daily project deck, I have all these different project ideas that are, I tried as much as possible to make applicable to any creative medium you might use. But yeah, that's, that's like one of my project ideas is to channel your excuses into you know, whatever medium you use to, to make like, and it helps you notice them too. It helps you be like, oh yeah, like, and, and it's fine to have excuses. There's nothing wrong with excuses, but if you, if you externalize them into whatever medium you use, if you, you know, if you write them down, like even just write them on a sticky note or like, you know, turn them into a funny little song or like use them to riff on something like, that gives them less power over you. Totally. I mean, that's, yeah, that was a hundred percent. My reaction is like, I'm so motivated and so in awe of like that, whatever embodied manifested, like in real life edition of that whole, like, we're going to feel what we feel and we're going to do it anyway. Like thinking about a painting, reflecting on the painting that says, I can't think of anything to paint today in this beautiful painted font. You know, it's like, holy shit like I can see that I feel that I am that like oh so good yeah so is that is that basically what your your deck or you know it's kind of like almost like a book it's just in a deck form but is that what that is essentially is like the prompts and projects it sounds like you've had a lot of process on how to build a daily habit so can you tell us about your book a little bit sure yeah, so it comes with a fun little booklet that's almost that kind of feels like a zine. I've also made a lot of zines, but it's just like a cute little booklet that has uh, how to like why uh, daily projects are important, which I talked a little bit about earlier. Um, how to choose one that's right for you, and then how to do it consistently. Like all my best kind of creative advice for how to make it happen, and then. It has, I think there are 80 cards in here that have, uh, there are three different types of cards. There are project cards, which have project ideas that, again, I tried to make pretty flexible that will work in any creative medium that you might do. But like some of them include um, uh, use something in an unexpected way, um, make a gift for someone, do things that are really tiny, look in your junk drawer for ideas, choose a random line from a book as a starting point, copy your favorite art. Um, Oh, one of the ones I think is kind of fun is ask your friends or your audience to send you, to text you random pictures and use that random picture as like a prompt for whatever you're doing. So those all have project ideas that like kind of specific project ideas. And then there are inspiration cards that all have questions and prompts that are a little bit more open-ended. Like, um, what do you think about when you let your mind wander? Or 
when have you felt most alive? Or what skills do you want to build? Or what have you been waiting for somebody to give you permission to do? Uh, so those all have questions to help you think for yourself of what you want to do. And then the final set of cards are time cards, which all have, you know, I think it's important in doing a daily project to um, give yourself a time frame because if you say that you're going to do it indefinitely, that's just not going to go well. Yeah. And so, you know, they have ideas for different time frames, like, you know, seven days is a great starting point. Uh, I think three days counts as a daily project. So three days is a really nice little beginning, middle, and end. Um, and then there are also ones like um, counting down the days to a special occasion or event or uh, do it as long as it takes to heal your broken heart or do it for 30 days. So they have different, you know, and there are explanations on the back of all of these cards that have more detail. Um, but that's, that's the daily project deck. How much is this deck? <laughs> I want to uh, buy one for everyone that I know. <laughs> I don't know, $17.95, maybe something like that. Under $25. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's my commitment. I'm buying a deck for me. Yep. I'm buying another deck to raffle off. We're going to buy two pieces of Molly's art and raffle off because that's incredible. Um, so everyone's going to have a chance to win a do, a do the thing banner and one of these decks. And I also want to talk to you about that writing course, you know, and things I'm thinking of. I have a gift box business, so I'm sure a lot of people listening by now have probably heard an ad, <laughs> but um, my company, Royal Giftings, like we do these craft and curated gift boxes. And I would love to try and collaborate on a box with you where it's like a creativity play box, right? Where someone could get some art supplies and one of your decks. Like if you're really committed to a year of play and creativity, give this gift to yourself, give this gift to someone in your life. Like, so I'd love to make like a little curated Molly gift box. <laughs> I think I'm going to get it. And I'm, my plan is I'm going to order one for everyone who signs up for my writing course that I'm launching because I just think it's such a beautiful structure in a way to kind of engage and play with yourself again, like to, how do you get in the headspace of being a kid again? Right. Yeah. Totally. So I think that's an awesome offer. And all that just came to me, like while you were talking, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, so yeah, thank you for creating such a beautiful structure and doing that work. Like that can help us again, just get out of our own way and like start to put our stuff out in the world, but oh, so beautiful. So good. So where, okay, where can people find you, Molly? I know we're going to wrap up. So where can they find you and where can they find your art? So I most regularly share my art on Instagram and I'm at, at Molly ampersand, ampersand, like the and, the and sign, which is another kind of creative obsession of mine. But <laughs> yes. um, so you can find me at Molly ampersand on Instagram. And my website is uh, mollymcleod.com, which is, I'm sure you can just include a link to it. It's M-C-L-E-O-D, which people always get wrong. It's fine. Um, but I have a website where you can find more about my coaching work. You can sign up for my newsletter, which I send once or twice a month with all my late latest creative projects and advice and things I'm thinking about. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know so many people are going to get something good out of this. So thank you for coming on and just really sharing your heart today. 
And I can't wait to raffle off a couple pieces of your art. They're so beautiful, so colorful, so creative, um, and really just they're encouraging. Like the banners, they're words of affirmation. They're the things we need to say to ourselves. Um, so yeah, go check out Molly, check out her art, get some of these beautiful words up on your wall or on your desk. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's my joy. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right, you guys, I promised at the end I would have details about how you can win a custom art piece from Molly, and I wanted to share those with you now. So because we're a growing show, we need your help. If you can take a minute and pop onto Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and like and subscribe the show. And if you leave a review, a comment, that would help us a lot. So for everyone who can go on this week and just take a screenshot to show that you followed the show and left a review on either Apple or Spotify, uh, we will enter you into a raffle. And if you listen to your podcast on a different platform, that's fine. You can do it too. Um, But we're really trying to push a little bit to get more listeners on those two major platforms. So if you check them out there, that would be really helpful. Um, But yeah, so just take about two minutes, go on, like and follow the show, leave your review, take a screenshot, and then just send me a DM. So you can find us on Instagram at Deeply Funny Podcast, or you can find our page on Facebook under the same name, Deeply Funny Podcast. So yes, we're going to be running this raffle between now and May 25th. And anyone who, you know, takes their screenshot, shows their review within that time will be entered to win. And, you know, these custom art pieces from Molly are, on a personal note, just very inspiring. I've had one of her banners hanging in front of my computer for the better part of the year now. And it just says, do the thing. Do the thing. Because what can be more inspiring than we actually listen, sit down, and follow our heart, and we show up to do the thing that we said we were going to. There's nothing more motivating than your own momentum and finding that pride in yourself. So every day I keep my little banner, (laughs) and even when I fall off the wagon, it helps me get started again. And Molly's watercolor art is so beautiful. Um, You know, these banners are valued at about $85, so it's a really great piece of custom art. And yeah, if you found yourself inspired today or if you're a friend and supporter of Molly, even better. (laughs) Um, But we just wanted to share that with you guys because, like I said, I, I find them so motivating and they're really cool. They're unique. And it just shows me that from one creator to another, it's like we can actually pass that energy over and keep each other motivated. So it makes me feel in community. So I just wanted to share, you know, one of my favorite things with you guys. So for anyone who takes the time likes and follows the show, leaves their review uh, between now and May 25th, you'll be entered to win. And I am so excited to see who the winner is going to be. Maybe it's you. Um, So yeah, thank you guys so much. Again, you can find us at Deeply Funny Podcast on Instagram. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode this week with myself and Molly. Take care, y'all.